Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by Pastor Jim Harrison, who's uh, one of the shepherding pastors here at Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg. And we also have a campus in East Rockingham. And Pastor Jim, this is actually your retirement month, but uh, it's good to have you today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Grayson. It's always a privilege to sit across the table from you and have a conversation directed toward spiritual things. Yep. It's always good to have a conversation about the Lord and uh, just I thought it would be good to have you in today uh, since this is your retirement month just to reflect back over the years of ministry. You've been in ministry a long time in uh, many different areas and uh, I guess my question to you probably for a little background is where are you from and when did you first come to know the Lord or your earliest memories about the Lord? Well, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. I was born there, reared there, elementary, junior high school, high school. Uh, It was during my senior year in high school that my mom and dad started attending an independent Methodist church out on Halls Mill Road. And uh, we were invited to go to spring camp in 1971. I went there and enjoyed myself. I went back in August of that same year, 1971. And it was while I was there uh, that summer that the Lord really began to uh, zero in on my heart. Uh, I was lost. I'd been arrested uh, that spring for driving on the influence and realized, I guess, at that point that my life was out of control somewhat. And uh, I was not the master of my own fate. And uh, I had been listening to Dr. Cutchin, who was our pastor, marvelous preacher of God's Word, uh, for over a year. And uh, on Sunday mornings, I would uh, stand and we would sing the hymn of invitation. And I would hold on to the back of the pew and I would bargain with the Lord and say, just let me have one more week. And this went on for several months. And uh, as one of the old Puritan writers said, uh, when the burden of sin becomes so heavy that you no longer want to carry it, uh, if you will look to the cross, it will roll down the hill into the empty tomb. Uh, which I think was maybe taken from John Bunyan's uh, allegory, Pilgrim's Progress. And that's what happened to me on August the 2nd, 1971. I came to the place where I realized that I was lost, that had I died in the condition that I was in, I would have died that night and gone to hell. And the next morning when um, the pastor spoke, uh, Pastor um, Stutzman from Pennsylvania uh, I can't even remember what he spoke on. I just knew that, that I was lost that morning and that Jesus loved me and that I needed a Savior. And I don't know exactly how I repented. I just know that I was tired of living the way that I was living and that I wanted the Lord to change my heart and my life. And I didn't want to go on and, and sin. And so that day I committed my life to the Lord and I began a spiritual journey that's lasted now these 50 years, uh, Paul says, God is the one you know who works in you both to will and do his pleasure. And beginning a good work, we have confidence that he will perform it until the day of Christ. And so that's what happened 
you know, in 1971 and uh, 71, I went to junior college. Uh, I dated a little girl in the church there. Her mom was a secretary. And so I stayed around the church and, you know, things don't change overnight. It takes time for you to grow in grace. And some of the old habits that I'd had in the past, uh, smoking and, you know, just thoughts and things, uh, took time for the Lord to get a hold of me and, and to help me to realize that, you know, those things were, were not a part of what it means to live a pure life. And uh, so went off to Bible college in uh, 1974. I ended up at Liberty University. My brother was there playing football. Had the privilege of playing baseball there for Al Worthington. And Al was a great coach, but he was also a great man. And he mentored so many of the boys that were on the baseball team. And it was just a great experience. I uh, surrendered my life to the Lord completely. I mean, as far as preaching. In October of 1974, James Robinson came there. He preached from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the mighty. And and I certainly was a foolish, weak vessel. Um, you know, we're never really any good to the Lord until we realize that we have no strength other than His strength, and, and we have no wisdom other than, than His wisdom. And that's not to say that we we can't be successful in business or life or whatever, but when it comes to spiritual things, uh, he has to become king of kings and lord of lords. He has to be uh, the one, like Luke says, in whom we live and move and have our being. And so that's what happened to me in 1974. And of course, uh, next year, Deb and I started dating, and uh, within a year and a half, we were engaged, and in 76, we were married and graduated, went to seminary. Uh, left there in 1978 to begin a teaching career in Christian education, coaching some alongside that, and um, became a youth pastor in 1979 in a Christian school. And then uh, in 1981, I think I took my first senior pastorate and uh, stayed in the senior pastorate until 87, and then we moved to uh, Warsaw, Indiana, to be with a couple of friends, Paul and Mark James, and had a great experience there. Moved back to Virginia. Of course, I met your dad in 1995, and we were uh, serving alongside Steve Wingfield at that time, but we were attending the church here, uh, the Church of the Nazarene, and we were playing basketball over in Dayton and began just having a conversation about the possibility of you know working together and Pastor Kerry met with the board, talked it over, and uh, in September of 1997, I became a part of the church staff. And so here, 24, 25 years later, you know, I'm rounding out what has been a wonderful journey for, for not only me, but for my, my, my wife and my children, and hopefully for the people that we have had the opportunity to serve with and alongside. And... Um, it's just been um, a blessing. Uh, uh, there are so many good people in the world, but, you know, just for me, being a part of the church family, the greatest people that I've ever had the privilege of walking alongside, of knowing and have had an influence on my life and the lives of my family and my children particularly, uh, have been the people of this church fellowship, uh, obviously your dad being one, one of them so many, many times through the years. And so it's been a great privilege for us. You know, I remember the early years when we came on board, um, 
your dad and I kind of arm wrestled over the joy group, and uh, I'm so thankful that I won. Uh, <laughs> he actually consented and allowed me to take the joy group and to become a part of it and uh, to see what God has done you know, through so many of the people who were part of that great group. For those of you who are listening, Joy was our senior adult ministry that we took on the name Joy Just Older Youth and uh, have had great leadership through the years. Uh, Chuck and Lois Oster, Cheryl Wise, uh, Jeff and Lorian Marnie, Dick Shoemaker and his wife Pat serve as, uh, you know, host for that. And, and then, of course, the board, the Joy Board, uh, too many people to name, but just over the years, uh, they've been a wonderful influence, source of leadership, you know, workers uh, giving support, all those things. Uh, Joe Stoner probably said it best that the Joy Group was the bell cow of the Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, and they provided the leadership. They provided um, the monies and the funds in the early years when we were trying to buy property here, build a building, uh, allow the ministry to expand so that, you know, people could be saved and lives could be changed and people could find out what it really means to be wholly set apart unto the Lord. And so, uh, you know, to be able to walk with so many of those people who, you know, grew up in a, in a, in a strong church environment, knew uh, what it was to be under the influence of God's Word, and to be grounded and then to step into whatever role the Lord had for them here, uh, was um, just a tremendous, tremendous blessing and uh, and source of of uh, resources, not only manpower, but as I mentioned, finances and just so many ways. And then, of course, you know, men's ministry. Um, I remember when we used to get together out at the restaurant in Mount Crawford when we started out in the early years. It was Rick Lee and Dan Lee and Steve Thigpen and your dad and myself and Pastor Joe and, and others, you know, who, who were part of the staff in the early years. And, and in, in a small beginning, God began some great things. And, uh, you know, that was men's meaningful meal. And, you know, now we have, you know, sometimes 25, 30 guys show up for that. And, of course, the men's prayer chain, the men's pastor's prayer patrol that we started out on Tuesday mornings, now we do on Thursday mornings. And, just to see so many of those people involved in those things and to provide spiritual leadership, you know, for the church in various areas uh, has also been a great, you know, source of strength for us to start out at Harker's Island with uh, maybe 18 or 19 men on the very first men's retreat and then for years to go down to the Outer Banks, to Ocracoke, to have sometimes 100, 110, 115 men go with us for three days of saturation where we could, you know, get alone with the Lord, where we could hear God's word, where we could be challenged as men to be, you know, better husbands, uh, better fathers, uh, stronger in our spiritual walk with God, and to sing together. You know, it's um, amazing to me, and I guess I'm prejudiced, but to hear a chorus of men stand up and sing about the Lordship of Christ and His great love for us and the mercy that God, you know, offers to us and all those things has just been so enriching, you know, uh, for for my life over the years. And uh, I just am so thankful for uh, a church that allows men to be mentored and then to be able to go home and 
to be a priest in their home and to love their wives as the Lord would have them to love them and to be an example to their children and and to be leaders in the community in which we live um, in a spiritual way uh, has been, you know, just, again, another part, another piece of the puzzle of the success that, you know, the Lord has uh, brought here to this corner of Port Road and Boyers. And, uh, you know, shepherding, not just one or two shepherds, but, but all of our pastors have been shepherds over the years. We've all had days in which we called upon our people. We went to the hospital. We met them in a difficult place, prayed for them. And so many of them, God heard our prayers and answered our prayers. And I was with Larry Swisher and and his wife, Nancy, this morning at RMH at seven o'clock. And uh, I just think back over the past year of what the Lord has done in Nancy's life. We thought at one point that we wouldn't bring her home from Richmond. And uh, yet God touched her and she found the help that she needed. And uh, as we sat there and visited this morning, we were just reminded of over the years how God has been faithful and um, blessed our people. And, and of course, many of the people that we've prayed for over the years and that were a part of our fellowship and that contributed to the success of the ministry here, many of them have gone home to be with the Lord. And, uh, you know, Paul in Romans 8 talks about the glorious liberation of the sons of God. And, uh, Three times in the passage in Romans, he talks about groaning. He talks about the creation that groans, waiting for the redemption that is to come. And Isaiah says that one day the lamb will lay down with the lion, and, and, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and the child will play over the, the hole of an asp. And he says there will be no more harm or hurt in all of God's holy mountain. Paradise will one day be restored. And then he talks about the fact that we groan in these bodies that we live in, we get older, things fail, we run into uh, roadblocks of sickness, and, and, uh, and we lose people that we love. And um, Paul says one day there will be a grand and a glorious reunion. Amen. There will be a liberation. We will be set free from the curse that holds us back, from the bodies that are subject to the fall, from a world that has become preoccupied with sin and and, and one day, uh, not only will the animals live in a place where there is no hurt or harm in God's holy hill, but we will live on a new hill, in a new Jerusalem, with a new heaven and a new earth, in new bodies that Paul says are likened to his glorious resurrected body. This corruptible will put on incorruption, this mortal will put on immortality, and then will be brought to pass the saying that's written, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Powerful. And this is what we live for. This is, this is why we preach. This is why we teach. This is why we call men to repentance. This is why we encourage them to put their faith in something that is real and lasting, and that is a living, real, resurrected, glorified Christ who will come again one day and receive him to ourself. And, and so, uh, you know, the shepherding ministry has been a great part. Roger Dove, you know, came alongside 17, 18 years ago and what a tremendous partner he has been, you know, over the years. Uh, Carolyn Bing, Margaret Michael, so many of the lay people in our church, Chris Kennedy, Joy Kanegi, just down the line. I mean, there's too many to name and the time frame that we have, but people out there caring about people and offering them hope and 
you know, sometimes meeting together just with some of the older ladies over at BMRC at the retirement community and having lunch together with them just to encourage them. And, you know, my mind is just filled with so many of the opportunities that we've had, the young guys who have grown up like yourself, Grayson, uh, Jared Link, who now pastors our campus at East Rock, and uh, Billy Hook, and Rob Gilmer, and just, I mean, on and on it goes. Uh, people who have uh, surrendered their lives to serve. Uh, some of the ladies, Karen Good and, and others who, you know, have taken their places there uh, just to see uh, one after another come and say, here I am, Lord, you know, send me or speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And, uh, you know, what a, what a privilege to have not only a church of people who are not perfect, not perfect, but whose hearts are in the right direction. They, they are pursuing the holiness of God. They are pursuing the will of God. They are pursuing uh, the hearts and lives and souls of men. Uh, they understand, you know, the urgency of our call, that knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men because we love them because God loves them. So, you know, what a, what a great opportunity to be involved in, in the joy group in men's ministry and shepherding to be involved in the sportsman's banquet over the years, 17, 18 years we had a sportsman's banquet here. And, you know, to come on Friday night and to see five or 600 men and women gather together to hear someone talk about not only the gifts that God has given to them in the great outdoors, but also the testimony of how their lives were changed and what the Lord did for them. And, and to see a group of people, men and women, come together and help us make that, you know, happen uh, and, and the efficiency and, and all because of one man, Lou Vanderim's had a vision for, you know, for that to become a reality in our church and, and in the car show, uh, you know, on any given Friday night when we had it, if it didn't rain, you know, we'd have 3,000 people maybe here. And uh, maybe that's a little high, 2,500, 3,000 people. And, and all of the cars and to have the community welcomed, you know, onto our onto our place here, our facility, and and to be able to interact with those people. And uh, just a great, great opportunity because it allowed us, you know, as a church family to serve not only the community, but to serve together. And those things build, you know, relationships. They build uh, teams. And, uh, you know, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. And then, you know, uh, I guess along with all of that, Grayson, you know, ministering to the families here, uh, my family, you know, has been ministered to over the years. My daughter Beth served here, you know, on the youth staff. Uh, my son uh, has come to a place where he has fully surrendered his heart and life to the Lord, and, and your dad has had a huge, huge part in that. And then, um, you know, to be the grandfather of, you know, six uh, grandkids and and to, uh, you know, just to experience all that. I mean, I, I, I love being a, a dad, but this grandfather thing is just kind of special. And so we're, you know, we're privileged to have the boys and, and the girls and, and to be able to invest in them. And that's one of the things, you know, you look forward uh, in the, to the future, you know, where do you go from here? And, and for me, you know, my, my, my goal is just to uh, ask the Lord to help me to continue to enrich my own life, my own heart, and to be a blessing to my wife, who has been so faithful over the years. Uh, I shared with my class three Sundays ago 
in all the years that I've been in ministry, my wife has never been a deterrent to the ministry. She's always been a blessing. And, uh, you know, not every, not every man in ministry can say that, but I, I just, I've, I've been fortunate, and Deb's just been uh, very good about allowing me to do what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do and, and, and supportive. She's been a wonderful mother, you know, to our children, and now they call her Nana, you know, the grandmother deal. And, and uh, just to see her, you know, have a part in all that uh, because of her, her support and encouragement and prayers and to have three children who love the Lord and, you know, uh, their spouses uh, involved in some way in the church here has been, you know, a real blessing. Steve has found a church home down in Lexington where he lives and has become a part of that more and more. But to realize that there's a waiting generation on the on the uh, the brick wall outside the front doors of this church in the main entrance where we all began. I noticed the granite marker just the other day as I was going out, and it says, future generations will be told by the Lord. And inside that granite marker are the letters and the names of children, uh, maybe children who were a part of the families who came here initially, maybe grandchildren of those families who were here. But on the inside of that granite marker, there are the names of people, and those names represent souls. And our responsibility, our goal, our desire in undertaking all of that was that they would be told about a God who saves, a God who cares, a God who loves, a God who forgives, a God who transforms, and a God who promises, who gives us a covenant. So all of those things, you know, just kind of fill my mind, you know, as I sit here and think about some of these things. and To be able to, uh, to pray for them and, uh, and to love them and hopefully to guide them to a place where one day they will own their own need and recognize that the Lord Jesus is the answer. And they will come in humility and surrender and say, Lord, here I am, use me. You know, that would be the icing on the cake. And then, of course, you know, to realize that one day, uh, you know, the circle will not be broken. You know, Dad died uh, three years ago, and for whatever reason, you know, over the years, I've lost a lot of people that I've loved, people that I've known, people that I've prayed for. But when you lose your dad, when you lose your mom, that makes heaven sweeter. And uh, so I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, my health is good now, and I don't plan on giving up on the things that I've been a part of. I plan to be involved as the Lord allows me to. And, uh, but I know that one day the glorious liberation that we talked about a little bit earlier will be for all of us. Paul says the trumpet will sound. Uh, those who have died before us, the dead in Christ, will be reunited with their bodies. And, and this body that we live in changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye, and, and we all together will join and forever be with the Lord. Paul says, comfort each other with these words. So I'm comforted in knowing that I've had the privilege of living 50 years in the realm of the kingdom of God. And... Uh, and I don't know what, what I have left, but I, I want those to be the best years that I have in my heart. Paul said, I, I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all of those who love his appearing. I want to finish my course with joy. I want to be able to pass the baton on to those who are waiting in the wings. 
I want to have been faithful to the end. Pastor Jim, thanks for sharing. And you're retiring from full-time ministry, but you're still in ministry. And I think uh, all of us as Christians should be able to say that, that, you know, ministry, we don't finish our course until the day we meet him in heaven. And uh, what a glorious day that'll be. You were talking about our reunion with our loved ones one day in heaven and all those that have gone before us. So uh, just in the last few minutes here, if you just want to share about how God is using you right now and how uh, he'll continue to use you going forward and anything else you'd like to share. Well, in uh, moving forward, uh, obviously, you know, I want to stay involved in some kind of uh, teaching and, uh, you know, preaching. So I have some opportunities to be able to preach outside, you know, in, in the future. Uh, right now, I'm working uh, just a couple of days as a chaplain down at the Legacy where my wife works in North Augusta. And uh, we are actually introducing them to some of the series by Ray Vandalon and allowing them to uh, experience um, the Holy Land uh, up close and to be challenged by the faith lessons that he offers in those teachings. I still work here a couple of days a week with Pastor Joe and shepherding, uh, you know, until the 13th of August. And, uh, and then I've been preaching a little bit over in uh, Shenandoah, helping a church there. Jim Martin pastored there for years, and he had a major surgery back in the spring of this year, so I've helped him with some of the responsibility, you know, in, involved in that. And then, of course, uh, our men's ministry here in the church has um, inaugurated a Bible study program for men on Tuesday mornings that will run several times during the course of the year in a series of six weeks. And I think we're ending up this week on the sixth lesson of that first series. And then, of course, uh, along with you and others, we do the men's prayer meeting on uh, Thursday mornings at 6 o'clock. And uh, so I I plan to, to stay involved in that men's meal on Thursdays, second Thursday of every month. And then we do a Bible study on Friday mornings with a group of construction workers uh, out uh, on 42 North going out of Harrisonburg. Gary Lamb owns a construction business out there. And for 20-something years now, we have meeting every Friday morning uh, for Bible study and, and uh, fellowship. We have a nice breakfast together. And then I basically share about a 30-minute devotional with the guys about you know issues that are important to us, maybe even current issues that affect us as believers and how we should respond to those kinds of things. And uh, so that's been a real privilege. And some of the guys who've been a part of that uh, actually moved over and became a part of the church family here for church fellowship. And uh, some of them very uh, significant in ministry here, Gary Lee and his wife, Judy, and, and others. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, those are things that, that I'm in, involved in, you know, at this, at this juncture and, and, uh, Probably will continue to do um, a good part of that, not all of it. I, I do want to do a little hunting this fall just with my friends. I don't really care so much about the hunting as I do just, you know, just being involved with the men in fellowship and, uh, you know, trying to encourage and mentor some of them as the Lord gives you opportunity. So, uh, uh, so that's what I have. That's what I have on, on my plate. I, I plan to do a little, a few things around the house. Uh, just, you know. Um, piddling and uh and then we'll see what what other doors may open up in the future god called uh elijah to uh 
to the brook at Cherith, and then from there he called him to Zarephath. Right. So we never know where he may call us, one place to another. So. Right. Yeah, and you'll get some time to to minister to your family, to your wife, Deb, and your kids, Stephen, Beth, and Sarah, and your grandkids, as you mentioned. So that's, you know, that's a huge, huge ministry. Family is very important. I know very important to you. Pastor Jim, thank you for all your many um, years of service uh, to this local church and uh, to the people and to the Lord. And I'm just going to close in prayer for you and your family. Lord, I just uh, thank you for Pastor Jim uh, Harrison and his life, Lord, and how he's ministered here uh, at Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg and uh, the people and the community, Lord, and uh, to his family, Lord. And I pray, Dad says this all the time, that the rest of his days will be the best of his days and that he will know uh, that uh, you have great days up ahead for him still, Lord. And uh, just uh, pray a blessing over him and his family, Lord. And Help them to fill your presence in their lives, Lord. And uh, I just uh, thank you for how he's ministered to me over the years, Lord. And uh, just uh, hope that he knows that. And I ask all this in your name. Amen. Pastor Jim, thank you for joining me for uh, today's broadcast. It's been great to have you. Grayson, as always, it's a privilege to be across the table from you. And thank you for the ministry that you have here in our church and in our community through broadcast and through the spiritual investment that you have made through media. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've listened to Pastor Jim Harrison share and reflect back over his years of ministry, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates in the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.